Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. The Plum Line Residency, presented by the New York City Crit Club, offers a free 450 square foot studio space for artists to use in Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York, for one month. The two winners of the residency program will be announced in late June for the July session and August session of summer 2021. Applications for this opportunity close on June 14th. Artists are encouraged to use the space as a place to make their work and invite others in for studio visits. The artists selected will also receive a Zoom independent study with co-founder Hilary Doyle as well as in-person studio visit by co-founder Catherine Haggerty. The studio, which is located right near the Morgan and Jefferson L train, is close to hundreds of other Bushwick artists, art galleries, restaurants, and art stores. The studio space will anchor an artist in the perfect location to invite curators, gallerists, and other artists for studio visits. Finalists will be chosen by guest juror Lauren Marinero, owner of Marinero Gallery, and will have a Zoom interview with co-founders Catherine Haggerty and Hilary Doyle. Apply at nyccritclub.com. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Manufactured in upstate New York, an employee-owned company, Golden makes the best acrylics, oil paints, and watercolors that you can buy. You can find them in your local art store, or you can find them online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists from around the world to join us this summer in New York City or virtually from your studio to learn from dedicated artists and expand as a maker in the legendary Marathon program. Rigorous and immersive, marathons unfold over 10 days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time daily and present an extensive range of art-making strategies, comprehensive critiques, and inspirational discussions. Expansive, first-hand discoveries propel artists to relate to drawing, painting, and sculpture as direct methodologies for understanding one's experience in the world the profound impact of which continues far beyond each marathon's conclusion. Generous partial scholarships are available. Visit nyss.org to apply today. Fulcrum Coffee Roasters are a Seattle-based, full-service, wholesale coffee roaster and retailer with over 25 years of experience defined by a focus on premium roast coffee and local and global community. Check out their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Sound and Vision listeners can get 20% off your order of coffee by using the code Alfred Studio when you make an online order. Tilda Grinnerup is an artist who works across media from sculpture to textiles, photography, and installation. She lives and works in Copenhagen, Denmark. She studied textiles and embroidery at University College Copenhagen. She's had solo exhibits at Christopher Egelin Gallery, Kana Studio in London, Altelier, Sarah Gade, and others, and group shows at Wheelow and Grove, Paris, Mabe Art in Geneva, UAE, and Richard Co. Fine Art in Malaysia, just to name a few. I spoke to Tilda from Copenhagen for a talk about her early days playing music and transitioning to making art full-time and much more. Here's our conversation. So you're, I believe, in one of my favorite cities, Copenhagen. Uh, yes, I was going to ask you if you've ever been here. 
I have. It was a long time ago, and it was only once, which I'm kind of bummed out about. I still fantasize about going. Yeah, back, come back. It's a it's a great place. It really is, and mm. this is a testament to how great it is. I came for. I was speaking at the Royal Academy, I believe it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and uh, as a visiting artist, and it was. I forget what month it was, but it was cold. And it was kind of like an ice storm when I was there for the one night. Okay. And then the next day was clear, but it was really cold and it was still wonderful. So I, I imagine it in like, you know, warmer temperatures. It must be just great Amazing. walking around. And it the is. design of everything and the, the vibe was just, yeah. it was good stuff. It's Quality a nice life. place. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, I just think it's a... Uh, it's a good place to live. Yeah. It really Isn't is. Isn't it like one of the, I mean, I'm sure those studies or those surveys come out, but like one of the most livable places in the world. I think yeah. so, but it changes all the time. But actually, I think so, because, yeah, overall, people are pretty content here. Yeah. And we have a good social system. And even during the pan- pandemic, it's been it's been tolerable because we've been taken so, such good care of and and uh, a good government uh, looking after us and it's just it's 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 good but we're not that many people anyway so yeah i guess that's i think that's just easier yeah i don't know makes it makes it easier you know here it's so hard because there's just so many oh my god yeah it's hard to the identity is so diverse which is great in one way but it makes for difficulties in homogenizing to you know, coexist sort of exactly efforts yeah. efforts in in doing things a certain way that's why like it seems like countries like that who have a very especially like island countries mm. did so well during the pandemic because it was a lot well a it's a lot easier to just yeah shut everything off yeah yeah but also too there's everyone's kind of like this this collective feel which is yeah nice. i think so everyone was very uh, together in that period yeah. mm. so well I'm excited also to talk to you because if I'm not mistaken you also I think we share this in common you had a history in music but I don't know what it is except for supposedly you were did you play music and write yes music I did yeah I don't know the extent I don't have the backstory I, I maybe my google diving wasn't deep enough but <laughs> it didn't seem like I don't it was know. way out there <laughs> I, s- I saw that you posted The Gretsch. Is that your guitar? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah such that's a cool, my, cool color. That's my pride and joy. That's like a 58 single anniversary. And the cool story about that is I lived, my first loft that I lived in when I moved to Brooklyn was in the old Gretsch factory. No. So when I got that guitar, I found it one of those vintage guitar stores. It had my address and the sticker inside. Oh and I was like, that's it's amazing. Meant to be. That's like a dream. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I I have a you know, guitars are beautiful objects. Yes. And you know, it's funny cuz when I was looking at some of the images of your sculptures, like the ones behind you. Yeah, I made one some. Of the, one of the first um art projects that I had in college was recreating Picasso's guitar. You know, yeah. the sculpture that sort know, of three-dimensional. Yeah. And um it, that resonated a little bit with the scale and Yeah, because it's a beautiful anymore. object. I, I yeah, I think so and I also have a couple of guitars and some are hanging, some are standing. And uh, so so I just, yeah, that's why I wanted to make the sculptures also um, 
because I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful instrument, beautiful object, and uh, just uh, I just wish I could play a little bit better on guitar, though, because I I taught myself when I was very young. It was like my mom, she, she, uh, one of her friends came by with a guitar, this beautiful sunburst with a, with a little bird on it. And it was such a beautiful guitar. And I was not very old, but I just, I remember I just took it and went to my room and just, uh, started to learn how to play. Yeah. And, and when I, and when I just, uh, learned a couple of chords, I started composing songs. So from an early age? Really. Yeah, I think I was quite young. I don't yeah. remember how old, but it was just like, I just, I was so attracted to the guitar. And I, and it was never really in the cards that I was going, to, I mean, we never played, a, we played a lot of music, but but not like ourselves. Right. Yeah, so, but I think my, my dad was at Ben Benz when he was young, but... Uh, but yeah, it just spoke to me this guitar, and then I just started playing. So when when you when you talk about music in the house, like what was the kind of music that was being played? Well, my mom she actually went to America when she was she was they're both old hippies, right? My parents oh, and really? uh, yes, and <laughs> she went to the states when she was really young, and I think that really developed her sense of music. So it was everything from. All the old stuff, the Eagles, but also Marvin Gaye. So it was a very wide spectrum of, of uh, it was just good music, yeah. and and a lot of it came from America, of course, most of it. Right. You know what's really weird, is my dad's, two of my dad's favorite musicians were Marvin Gaye and the Eagles. No, and really. I'm not kidding. Yeah, because we had, you know, we grew up with vinyl, and exactly. I remember though we had what's going on on vinyl. Yeah. And uh, and I want you like the Marvin Gaye yeah, record yeah. covers were a big thing, and then that Eagles was the first record. It was a, a mini, like a, what is it, a seventy eight, um, like a little mini record, and it was um, God, what was the song? It was, I mean, it's Hotel California and a B side, but you know the Eagles were a big thing too. So it's funny that those they two were. that you mentioned were they huge. were big, they were, and even yeah. in Denmark as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was I was brought up with that kind of music, definitely. And uh, but but the thing is, even though I really love the guitar and and I'm actually very fascinated by it, I never really learned how to play properly. So so I've developed this um, special technique where I just sing a little bit louder, so you won't hear my oh, band yeah, playing. That's you know, the trick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very special technique I've developed, and it works. So just but uh, yeah, I'm thinking maybe when I get older, maybe fifty, I'm gonna start again i haven't played music for so long so you really because that's i i I understood that you put it down but i didn't know if that meant you stopped completely like because i used to be in bands and you know and that era of my life is over like i'm not playing in bands anymore but i still pick up the guitar like every usually once a day if not once every other day to play so i didn't know if that was something that you were like you retired from the song making stuff or if you're just yeah. actually put it down, put it down. Well, like I, I think I actually kind of did also because I don't know how to find the time for it. Right. And uh, so so now the, the visual art has kind of taken over. But I did play music for the first uh, 10, 15 years of my uh, yeah, young adulthood. 
and even yeah. your uh, childhood. So um, I thought I was going to be a musician, actually. But the well, thing it sounds like you were in a way. I, 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 I kind of were, long. yeah. <laughs> I were. I did a lot of uh, studio recordings and yeah, jams and stuff. But the thing was that the music life, I think, was uh, not really for me because yeah, I wanted a family life and you know the hours and uh, and also the performing. I I had a little bit of a stage fright. Yeah. So it it was not natural for me to perform. Well, the transition to art making is good because you can express yourself. But exactly. you know, if you have an opening a year or two a year or something like that, it's not like you're on the road all the time. Exactly. You know, yeah. Because we we all have our opinions of openings. <laughs> and yeah. the performative, you know, because it is in a way. It is, and you have a performance. to. Yeah. But the thing is, and that's just my luck, because. I, I had so much uh, stage fright. I think that now with the visual art, I can actually kind of step away from it. And whereas yeah. I couldn't do that with music because I had to use all of myself when yeah. I when I were uh, was songwriting and and playing music. Whereas when I'm, um, you know, making my sculpture or whatever visual art, I can step away and I can actually say, okay, this is. How is this work? I'm not. I am related to it, but I can uh, look at it with different eyes. It's not like it's completely attached to me. Right. And that's really nice. I really. Yeah, enjoy it's that. funny. Like they have that. That difference is so stark with music. It's so direct, you know. Yes. And one of the things that makes art great is that it does have that separation. Like there's a removal there where it's. Like you, the work out there, and then the viewer, it's kind of triangulated. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, there's a beauty to the, the sort of vagueness or what isn't defined exactly or what isn't immediate. You know, it's like how that image resonates with art history and all that stuff. I feel like in music, it's just like when you're playing a show, they get hit with it, it happens, and yeah. then everyone leaves. Yeah. And it's, it's done, you know? And there's something beautiful about that too because it's not yeah. confounded as much with like, you know, art history or like you know these it's a lot of feelings and 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 sensations but that's also why i love music and think for me it is still maybe i think the highest form of art that you can uh, for me anyway because also because it's so difficult you know it's and and it's just um yeah because it's you can just reach completely higher grounds with music and and getting it completely drifted away into time and space with music also because the these um the chemistry of tunes into your body and yeah i just think music is very special i totally agree like when you're playing music and if you're with other people and you have that moment where you're all on the same plane resonating yes there's nothing like that like no. you can't replicate that in any other way but to get to that you know whatever three minutes of bliss or whatever that is when you're ri- all on that same wavelength mm. you got to deal with those band members you got to deal with <laughs> yeah. schedules and practice and all that other yeah. bs that makes it horrible <laughs> yeah and the timing and yeah it's so funny that you say that you use the word re- resonance because i was just listening to an interview by 
a German sociologist called Hartmut Rosa, mm -hmm. and he is speaking about how we need resonance um, in the world in order to actually feel totally happy. Right. Yeah. But and ironically, I feel like resonance has changed because when it's mediated through technology, there's a different kind of resonance. It's almost like, God, I don't know how to describe it. it. It's kind of like, like the whole thing of like trying to get likes or wanting people to like engage in your content or things like that. That's a different kind of resonance. It can be, it's kind of like less direct or less... Yeah. Um, emotional in a way it's yeah. more mediated whereas like 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 I said like if you play a live show that resonance is there yeah. like in with music it's a great metaphor because sound is just resonance it's just yeah. it's you know, reflection of yeah vibrations yeah but I also I think that people uh, and nature yeah can give you resonance Re which is what we're isolating ourselves from more and more Exactly. Although, that said, there is something nice about... as And an artist, too. As artists, we, we usually most of us are pretty okay with being in a room by ourselves for a large portion mm, of the day. Because yeah. <laughs> like, people can sometimes be problematic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the balance, right? It is, it is. It is the balance. I, I work by myself. I work with my dad. And sometimes I just miss... Uh, having some uh, colleagues yeah. just to chat. So, um, right. but uh, I think, I guess that's the premise of uh, being an artist is doing, well, for most of us anyway, doing the work yourself. Yeah, I mean, I guess clearly I had some sort of itch for that because I started doing this. So I'm ta yes, <laughs> talking yeah. to artists every week. So maybe that scratches that itch of, you know, I think we all look for ways to, you know, connect on that different way that, you know what I mean? As yeah. you become, do your thing and you're in your studio and you become a little more kind of like cordoned off in the world in a way with your creativity, you know, you find ways to try to dip back in. Yeah, but and I think so that's so great. I think that's so yeah, great that definitely. you do it. Yeah. I was listening to some of your podcasts and uh, and also I was... I was looking through some of your pictures on Instagram because I wanted to, I was curious. And, yeah. and you, it actually hit me that um, some of your pictures has the, the city and mm -hmm. an element of nature. Yeah. Actually, and kind of quite a lot of them. So That's it's really, so it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like a conversation between the city and nature. That, that was what I was uh, thinking about when I saw your pictures and it was such a nice conversation and such a, as we're having now, such an, such an important conversation. Yeah, I think these days, especially with, you know, the environment, I, you know, we have all these issues in our world and in society, but the big overarching one to, for me is the environment because mm. it affects everyone. It doesn't care about all of our bickering or all the things that are going on on this level you know mm. it's this greater issue that if we don't pay attention to it it's going to, well it is you know yeah. it, it has an effect on us so yeah um yeah so that's always been a sort of big part of my interest yeah you're, you're integrating nature just like a branch or a tree or even a lot of sky in your cities 
And that got me to think about um, Agnes Dennis and her Whitfield in Battery Park. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that's I think that's one of my all-time favorite conceptual art pieces ever. And yeah. uh, because she has, you know, this famous image where she has the city in the background and then the field she's standing. Such a visionary, beautiful piece of art. Yeah, there's been, yeah, it's funny because public art can really, I think it's a great um, vehicle for, for, I don't know, bringing some of those ideas even more directly to the viewer. Like when Olaf Eliasson did all those yeah. pieces around the city where he tried to inject the sublime of nature through a man-made element like the waterfalls and the east yeah, river yeah. and things like that you know it's it it poses a question because of the environment and because of the way it interacts with the viewer outside of the gallery it's a whole different way of, of thinking about our world you know yeah because it it kind of transforms a place and then it it transforms the minds in the place right. yeah and even Yoko Ono, do you remember she made the air dispensers in the 60s? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, it's it's not a new thing, um, the environment and the, right. and the comments on uh, us needing to take care of it better and or mm, integrating it in right, our... So in maybe, our the, maybe the urgency is a little more Yeah, I think pronounced. so. Yeah. as we get further along. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole it's it you know, these are elements of 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 things to think about, you know, in in the studio and but I don't know, like for you you started off with music. I mean, did you go to school for music or just No, I didn't. Like it was it was all autodidact and I think I was just good at it. And also when I do something, I do it um very 100%. So so um so no I didn't go to I yeah I took some classes but mostly I was just uh, learning by doing but when I found out that I didn't want to become a or that I couldn't live that life it was yeah. it wasn't for me I educated actually as a teacher in handcraft with embroidery as a specialty so yeah. I was embroidering for three years which was pretty I I loved every minute of it but it was really um uh you know it takes a lot of patience to be embroidering i can yeah it it seems like it could be exhausting it, it, yeah a little bit so i was really trying to and i think it was actually when i it was a ba in embroidery mm -hmm. kind of and i think that's where i found out that i want to that this visual art expression really did something for me as well because i was uh, stretching what you want to, what you can do with uh, embroidery i was embroidering with copper and all kinds of materials and just really experimenting so, so kind of did it light the candle of uh of making in a way to where yeah. that process became something you just like oh yeah. i just want to make, make things yeah because i think i just um i have to create so even so when i'm not writing songs i have to create something else And and uh, because when you early on find the amazing power of expressing yourself, I think it just sticks with you. You just kind of you know that this place you can go and just breathe completely and and be. So yeah. uh, so I think it just 
took over the visual art from the music. Right. So, but was that, so that happened in school? That happened right. in school, and I was pretty old, actually, because I'd been playing music for so long in, in bands, and all of my friends were in, in the university, and, and I was just sitting in these jam sessions and <laughs> be, being a, a hippie. No, I think, actually, I was, I was taking it seriously, actually. But, um, but, yeah, you know, then you get older, and you think, I better, I better get a real job or an education and stuff. So this... Education was the thing for me, being a, um, a teacher in handcraft. And then after the school, I actually just worked in fashion for a lot of years. What were uh, you doing? Yeah, I was a fashion designer and yeah. a lot of hand sewing, very crafty. Were you doing your own things, or were you? I, yeah, I did some of my own things, and I worked for a, a designer here in Denmark. As well. Yeah. So you've had, uh, you've done a lot. Yeah, well, I'm old. So there's been <laughs> plenty of time <laughs> to do all sorts of stuff. I think I've, I've been um, curious and uh, experimenting and just uh, following whatever uh, urge or, yeah, whatever I felt like, kind of. Right. And also, of course, always thinking how can I earn some money to live mm -hmm. but um, but I from from fashion I went into redesign so I was really into uh, sustainability in mm -hmm. textiles and um, that was a lot of joy for me too actually and from then on I started doing my art pieces like the I've done some different also more conceptual art pieces and uh, and then around six years ago I started doing the the wood sculptures well so what was the moment because it so you were making music and then you felt like okay I've got to do something here like mm. I've got to you transition into I've got to get a job responsibility but you know you yeah. have to do something that's going to provide maybe more structure or order mm. and and more of a, you know, yeah, like a structure to your life. So that kind of framed in going to school and working on that. Did you, when was the moment that you started making your own things? Or like that became, or maybe you were always doing it, but when yeah. did it hit that point to where it's like, okay, now I'm going to start making work that's just for me, like things that I'm doing and not necessarily for these other projects or for working in fashion mm. or embroidery or whatever. I think I've always done my things and uh, starting with the, the songs. But um, it was a couple of years ago um, I enrolled in art um, school of life. So right. so, um, so I, me and my family um, decided that I had a part-time job and then I used the rest of the time just reading about art and experimenting and really getting into it. It's like a crash course. Exactly. Just just diving in. Yeah. Learn, doing Although you've, it, you've been visual, like you're doing visual things all the while, but yeah. this is a little more maybe pointed in the direction of like fine art. Or, I think so. You know. Yeah. And but the wood sculptures, how did that come about? Like what? Yeah, it was 
completely coincidental. Coincidental. But, but and then again, not because my dad's a retired carpenter, and mm. and uh, I've grown up with his wood workshops everywhere we've lived. He That's had nice. one, yeah. Even on the fifth floor in a in an apartment in the in the middle of Copenhagen, he made a little workshop. Workshop. So uh, so, and I really love the smell of the sawdust, and and I've always been really attracted to these wood workshops. I just didn't know what to do in there because I I, I was not going to be a carpenter. Right. Uh, and then it was just such a coincidence. Um, I think it was about eight years ago and it was raining one summer and we were in his summer house where he lives now and in the barn he has a complete wood workshop and I started making sculpture out of his remnants and I just so found just cutting and yeah. building things up and yes now were there people that you were because clearly now at this point like your your sculptures have a kind of aesthetic and you know I could definitely start in my mind going down the road of like influence or where this mm. you know imagery is kind of like related to historical work but what was sort of uh, w- was the stuff that you were doing in the woodshop just inventive, like improvising, or were you tapping into a certain aesthetic? How did that work, the sort of look of it? Yeah, I was totally improvising yeah. because I didn't cut the pieces myself in the start. So I was just using, like, redesign, like, sustainability. I was just using what I had. Leftovers. The like leftovers, the yeah, yeah, the scraps. So, uh, and all of his scraps, of course. And then uh, just putting them together. So it was completely intuitive, what I was doing, and playing and fun. Right. And just, uh, and uh, still, again, the urge to make something, to create something with right. my hands. Yeah. And uh, also because my dad's, he, he can build anything. Like, he can build a house, he can build, he's, he's really skillful. My mom's actually, she's a builder too. She just builds relations and friendships because she's really good with people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But he's a really good builder. And I think I've just been very influenced by him. And um, so now I'm working with him because my wood workshop is, in, is his as well. So I go, yeah. it's one hour from Copenhagen. So once a week I go there and uh, just hang out with him and, and make my wood sculptures. And That's it's so amazing. Nice. It is. I feel very privileged, and and also because I have a teacher right there by right. my side. So if I want to cut metal or cut um, mirror, I just ask him how 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 do I do this, and then he just teaches me. Yeah, you've got a great studio manager with a lot of experience. Completely, <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, we just we have a lot of fun, and it's just very nice to. Spend this time with him like this yeah. and uh, just learn everything. So, essentially, the way these are created, at least in the beginning, it seems almost like collage based where you're using this found, quote unquote, found material. Yeah. But interestingly, although the pieces are abstract, in a sense, there's some sort of relationship to family and to the experience of what your dad's doing in there, too, no? Yeah, I think so. And also, also, it's like, sometimes it's like I'm still writing songs because 
each sculpture has its own little story. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes I have a an idea of how I want it to look and or something that I, a story I want to tell. And sometimes it's just yeah feeling my way through it. Actually, I like the term from head through heart to hands. Mm-hmm. So there's this process going on. And it's very intuitive and it's half the time actually I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just uh, working and Reacting. then yeah sort of and then uh, afterwards it all makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like a, like a mental, emotional, then the physical, all yeah, sort of combining yeah, yeah. into an object. Always trying to find that balance, even between um, nature and the city, because yeah. I then then I take the sculptures with me to the city where I have my studio, and I paint them here. Yeah. So always trying to find that balance between, yeah, just in life. Yeah, and it's it. It's interesting too that for you, like you were talking about in my images, that visual connection between nature and the city, but yours are, it's like a literal relationship. It is. It's it's starting off outside the city and that's where the sort of form of it is built and then you're transporting it and then painting it in the city, which I'm sure has some sort of aesthetic, you know, there's an effect there too as well because you're influenced everyone's influenced by what's around them to some extent so the color the feeling the energy of it sort of like translates between those two places exactly but the thing is is you're doing a lot of other stuff too like you're doing the tapestry like you're doing written pieces so this is one I'm guessing this is just one aspect exactly yeah it is I'm doing the the textile work is well it's a little bit like a song as well because I'm using the lyrics um, I really have I have a crush on many things I have a crush on conceptual art and, and also just beautiful words or even just um, yeah poetry you know and, and just making people look or think a little differently yeah. so so just it's like I, I just feel like commenting sometimes not when I'm making the sculptures, it's more like a, what we talked about, like a process and intuitive. But when I do the other work, it's definitely more commenting on different aspects. And uh, just because I think I feel very privileged and I think also I check my privileges once in a while. We live in a privileged um, part of the world. So, so I'm thinking, how can I contribute? And just uh, spreading some, some, uh, yeah, good vibes, or just um, commenting on stuff so people maybe think a little, or just laugh, or just feel good, you know, spread some yeah. love, yeah. Because yeah, it's kind of like a connection outside of just doing the work, the visual work that you know you're interested in visually, but also the conceptual side of things. So yeah. that's a way for you to tap into that side of it as well. I think so. And uh, yeah, just to to give something to other people that it has some rev- relevance, not just for me, but also to other people. And that's again 
back to creating the resonance, sort of. So not just creating beautiful things, but also giving something like uh, some feelings, some resonance, some vibrations, whatever, right. without sounding too hippie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it works. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's funny because I can kind of think of these sculptures as almost like instrumentals, you know, that are about the sonics. They're about the you know the the color, the form, and then the the text based pieces are more like the lyrics, you know, or the, yeah. the song singer songwriter things. And that leads me to a question because I don't think we ever talked about it. The earlier music you were doing was it just you and a guitar, or were you playing in bands? Both. Was it a combination? It was. It was a combination. I started me in the guitar, and definitely I just did it for myself, and no one else. And then when I started playing with other people, it it definitely changed. Um, but I all I always uh, played just music with my uh, just me in the guitar. I still do yeah. sometimes, not often, but I still do sometimes, and. Um, enjoy it very much. I think I am going to, like people play tennis, I think when I'm 50, I'm going to start a band and play in a band. Yeah, yeah. Again. Go back to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's interesting how, though, it seems that in the process of your work, you have a similar sort of diversity, like where you used to just play and sing, and then you'd also do the band thing, and in the work you have, you know, the more formal stuff and the more visual, and then you also have the text base and the more conceptual side of things yeah. too. It's almost like you're able to scratch that itch no matter what medium you're picking up. You yeah, know? that sounds that sounds good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Satisfying? <laughs> yes, let's just go with that. I think I've, I, you know, like some, some, something like freedom has always been really important to me. Freedom to be able to express myself and be and do what I want, of course, within limitations and and um, not being uh, in in my own head all the time and taking care of others, and but just to be free to express myself how I want to. Right. So so I'm I'm very much driven by that. I think, but it's yeah. it's it's not always easy. But but um, yeah, something like. Uh, being able to play and and explore and yeah and and you can do that as a grown up actually it's yeah. not it is allowed <laughs> you just have to mask it as something responsible or <laughs> you you can actually yeah but you can actually be very responsible and play and have fun at the same time right i have yeah, i have uh, found out yeah that's the secret yeah the <laughs> only thing is yeah yeah and just um do what makes you feel happy, you know? Right. And of course, also think about others and not just yourself. I think that's a part of doing what makes you feel good because it makes you feel good to be good to other people right. and uh, and do good stuff for others. But um, yeah, I think my, my uh, headache right now is just I don't feel I have time enough to do right. all the things that I want to do. And uh, I, I was listening to some of your other podcasts, and you you said in one of them that you didn't need much sleep. <laughs> I do. I just don't get it. Just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I, I have to have sleep, 
And if I don't, I, I wake up so angry. Like, and <laughs> yeah. just like uh, my husband says that he just in the morning he meets an angry heavy metal band member <laughs> every morning. Can you imagine that? Right. And and I and I actually and I've been styling my hair all night as well <laughs> because I really I really feel like an angry heavy metal band member in the mornings. So I need the sleep uh, and I need I need I don't know I think I need more time. I don't know how to. Um, yeah, create the more time. It's difficult, yeah, to squeeze everything in. Mm. And we, I, and it's like I've said it before, but it's kind of like a, a luxury, you know, to have opportunities and to be able to do things, you know. And the way things are set up these days, it's it's a lot easier to collaborate and do cool projects and work with people all over. And it's hard to say no because you don't, you know, you don't know if you're going to get that opportunity again. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, and life's short. You kind of want to do cool stuff you know yeah i guess just, it, you yeah. balance it you know it's like but then at the end of the day you do need some sleep or you're just gonna run out of gas so so are balance. you just down to four hours uh, of sleep pretty much the people upstairs this morning were walking around so loud in our apartment building it woke me up at five fifty. Oh no <laughs> and i think i went to sleep at two so that's like a that's kind of an average night so were you just like an angry band member in the mornings and for a minute, and then I just tried to just meditate a little bit and yeah, let it go. That's good. And I drink a few cups of coffee, and I'm ready. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> that's true. The, the dr- my my drug of choice, my only vice, is it what is, puts yeah. me in a good place. So. Yeah. It is what it is. Coffee I mean, in the morning. You know, my dad was never a sleeper. He worked like double shifts. He was a super blue collar guy, and you know, he I think he only slept a few hours a night you know, would nap like an hour during the day or something. He had like the Buckminster Fuller way of like sleeping. It was like, you know, hours and hours awake and then just mini naps or like mini sleeps and just keep going. Yeah. But that was because of his work. He worked hard. So oh, I think yeah. I've inherited that light sleeping. Like I can't sleep long. No. Yeah, that's good. Problem. No, I don't know. Maybe not. As long as you're not angry when you wake up, I think that's okay. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't wake up with rage. No, good for you and good for your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although my wife and son, they love sleep. Yeah. They, they enjoy it. Yeah. So. But it's good. It's a good balance. It's all. About it is, balance. and and that's it is all about balance, isn't it? Yeah. What I about um? W- one thing that I'm interested in is, you know, it sounds like you have this really good balance in the studio, and you've found a way to sort of work creativity into this way that works well what about showing the work how do you feel about that experience and when did you start because you came to making this stuff you know fairly recently yes um how was the process of like showing your desire to show it in that dialogue and has that been a good thing or has it been stressful like Mm -hmm. what's that process been like well i am autodidact in in it all so I've really had to learn from scratch everything. Yeah. And also the whole art scene, how to do that. So even even uh, even though I'm, I'm talking a lot about, yeah, I'm, I want my freedom to do whatever, of course there is rules to, uh, to live by. And I've just, I'm trying to learn still and still at the same time uh, be a little bit free in it. 
Yeah. So so do it the way I want to. But it just actually it just came to me. So I've just been having a lot of fun on Instagram and and doing my things and just um, people were just very uh, into it, I guess. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I was just contacted by different galleries and yeah. So, so that's you didn't have to pound the pavement necessarily. I guess that's no. the advantage too of. Well, the twofold advantage is that it's not like you went straight to college, got out of college and was like art career, like trying to, you know, do that right out of the gate. So since you came to it with a little more life experience, you were able to navigate it in a way that was probably more comfortable for you. I think or, so, you know, yeah. You weren't yeah. so high strung about it. No. And then also having social media is kind of a nice thing that for a lot of artists, emerging artists, it's like a great way for people to find the work. You know? Exactly. I think it's it's an amazing way to express yourself on Instagram, yeah. really. And also, I just I just uh, have fun there. And then sometimes, of course, I had to shut shut down because right. it uh, it shouldn't take over. But yeah. um, but just use it in a in a positive way and yeah, use it use it well. Um, so in that way, I get a lot of. Uh, good response I think right and um, yeah right now I don't know exactly where I'm going well join the club okay I really <laughs> no I mean you know it's it's I think as an artist you hopefully you never really know exactly where you're going yeah, that's true or else why are you on the path you it's kind of nice yeah is not knowing you know that's true just to be open to whatever that's right. actually kind of nice. That's true. Like if yeah. we knew how our life played out before we had lived our life, that would be weird. You know, like if yeah. we knew where we were going and how it was going to resolve and all that stuff. It's like, why? Even bother? the whole, you would spend yeah. your whole life trying to subvert what you knew was going to happen. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah. It's like human nature. Like you, it's, we kind of want to know what's going to happen, but in a way you want it to be just, you know, a mystery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why bother? Like, yeah. if you knew every movie's ending before you watched it, that would suck. You know. <laughs> Definitely suck. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, they have a new album coming out. Yeah, I've already heard it. In my yeah. Mind. I don't know what it's gonna sound yeah, like? Yeah. Well, would be it's fun. true. It's like you want both, right? Uh, because you, you want to feel safe. Right. I, I really, I, I like, I'd like to know the ending, but then again, not. Right. So yeah, but I think. Um, it's a, it's an art in itself to just navigate in the whole not knowing. Definitely. Mm. Well, I mean, that's life too. It's like we all know how it ends, but then we don't know how it ends because mm. we don't know what happens. No, that's it's true. It's like the grand balance of <laughs> yeah. like knowing and not knowing. Yeah. You know, like every time you start a piece, you you might know in your mind think like, I know exactly how this is going to look and it never it looks It never exactly. does. That's true. But that would be probably awful i mean i'm sure there's some conceptual artists who know exactly and they spell it out and that's the whole meaning of it but i yeah. think for most people the art of it is is the variable it's the yeah. what happens what what you see what you learn what's you know discovered in the process exactly. ideally that's the thing that's the fun thing about it the the unknown yeah yeah i think that's why a lot of artists like poetry because it is 
it's not necessarily defined. There is like a discovery in it. You know, yes. it's not just a story that tells you and then it ends. It's yeah. it's a little more open and, you know, there's like a kind of a question mark on the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I like the question marks a lot. Yeah. Even sometimes better than the answers. I have right. I have a lot of question question marks. Yeah. I really yeah, I think just uh to anything really. But um yeah, just also just working, just the feel of just being being working right. on some project. I just really like that. Yeah, it feels good, right? Yeah, it feels good. You I, it feels like you're alive, you're working, you're doing, you're working on this project or whatever. It's just, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I'll go through moments, little spurts where I'm not painting for a little bit because I'm working on something else, whether it's something digital or, you know, and, and the itch comes so quickly where it's like, oh, you know, I get anxious, like I really need to be painting and, and that's a good feeling to know that it still has that yeah you know importance like if i go it. on a trip or, well back when we could travel yeah you know you go on a trip for a week you're somewhere else and you get that itch it's a nice feeling so how often do you paint are you painting every day uh usually but then there will be some days where i'm working on some other project whether i'm writing something or you know if i'm teaching because i teach too so that kind of alters my schedule a bit and you know family life and all that stuff yeah. so i mean i basically when i graduated from school in the late 90s i was painting every day okay. all day. like i i was like a hermit in the studio for mm. years where i was just painting all the time and i've learned that it's really important in life to step away sometimes and yes. take breaks and, and yeah. do other things and then come back to it otherwise you're just beating a dead horse like you'll yeah. get too too far in your own like yeah own. no you have to take breaks of course yeah yeah take breaks and away i think from when it. you come back you there's like a new freshness to it yes. you know what i mean yes it's like no one well i shouldn't say no one a lot of people don't like moving studios there's something uncomfortable about having to pack things up and yeah. like going to a new space but when you do move to a new studio there's like this rebirth in a way there's something mm. really invigorating about it where you're like oh it's a new start or yeah you can make new stuff yeah. In, the, in the new place right yeah, it's new true. energy yeah you know so I think that yeah that's important to to take those breaks occasionally it are is you, are you pretty much though, do you live where you work or do you have an external yes studio? no I live I live in the middle of Copenhagen and I have a big apartment with um, an extra room and I work in that room I'll be I'll, oh I, was, I thought you were offering me a place to stay to you can come <laughs> anytime Actually, I have a really good view in my studio of uh, a castle in the oh middle of yeah. So I'm, I'm really. Oh, let's, ap let's apartment swap. Spoiled. Out in Brooklyn for a week. We'd love time. to. We'd love to. Yeah. So um, I think I'm going to actually take up your advice. I know it wasn't the advice, but and just uh, yeah, you did. I think you did, and just. Um, some, remember to take some time off. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. I think. You know, I had a teacher. I remember when I I first started teaching, and one of my former professors, who I taught alongside with, was, you know, told me, "Hey, just make sure you take breaks once in a while. Yeah. You, you'll you'll burn out." Exactly. 
And I was like, oh, what are you talking? You know, I, was, I just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then I, I, I get it. Yeah, you got it. But I but think also, when you're younger, you have that energy. So you can, mm. you can empty the tank a little bit more. And as you get a little older, you need to sort of ha- take that reflexive time to, mm. you know, yeah. to sort of feed yourself, you know. Exactly. And, and so where did you, otherwise, where would you get the ideas from? And just, uh, and just yeah. the energy. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs and coffee and yeah, heavy metal. Exactly. Yeah. Caffeine, yeah. Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> no, just to relax and hang out with your family and and do do nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I a big part of my life is you know coaching and running like soccer for kids and stuff, and mm-hmm. that, that's a great way to get out of your head from the studio because it is. You know, I think in those days where I was painting every day for year after year, you get too in your head. You're yeah. Like, you're so caught up in, mm. and like I, I think you might agree with this too is like having kids also helps with that it takes the before that it's like me 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 mm. all about you your career what you're doing or like yeah. what you want and then all of a sudden this happens and you're oh, like, oh the best I'm not thing the center ever. of the universe yeah. you know? I think everyone should try it <laughs> I really when I had my kid it was such a relief Because yeah. then it it wasn't about me all the time. I had right. this little person to take care of, and uh, and still in a way, even though he's thirteen, it's just I I can just hang out with him really, right. and uh, and the funny thing is, me and his dad, we're kind of creative persons, and he is just a sports fella. He's nice. Just, yeah, he just wants to play sports, and is he a uh, handball actually. Oh, handball. Yeah, it's very Danish. Yeah, that's true. And what about your is is your son playing football? Yeah. Yeah. Soccer or American? Well, soccer, yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit European still though, isn't it? It so- definitely. I yeah. mean, it's more although these days it's becoming a lot more popular in the US, yeah. you know, because of TV, the World Cup and, you know, Yeah. and seeing all the leagues and stuff. But but yeah, no. I mean, I played as a kid my whole life I played soccer and I never was able to watch it when I was younger it wasn't on TV no. really and uh, now you can you know the kids know Messi and Ronaldo and it's it's a big thing so. it's which a big great. thing it is it spreads the game around you know yeah. and it's a global thing which is nice exactly but handball will be the next just wait uh, yeah 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 sounds good <laughs> yeah no, handball is uh, intense it's not it uh, is and it's kind of uh, physical as well yeah and um Yeah, I just I like the idea of just having having a kid, and I think everyone deep down inside want you want your kid to look like you, right? Uh, just a right, little right. bit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and my son just he's just his his very own. Yeah. And uh, I'm just ooh, I get so proud of him. That's great. Yeah, and and also he's actually very creative on on the handball field. You can actually it's be important. there. Yeah. Creativity in sports is really important. It separates people from the average player if you can be creative. Yeah, I think, I think it's so. under I think it's undersold in the sports world, the value of creativity. Yeah. Because, you know, I live in a part of Brooklyn where there's a lot of creative people. Yes. And some of the people who don't necessarily work in, in a creative field will be like, wow, there's so many artists, parents around here, and so many kids or parents or artists or do creative things. It's like, well... 
you know, it's it's good for sports, you know. It re- it really is. And sports is good for people. Definitely. Yeah. I, I Especially kids, right? They really need to get out of the screen and totally. uh, and get out and, and just use the body. Especially in these times where school, for a lot of kids, school's on the computer, games, yeah. socializing, everything's on the computer to get out and have some fresh air is really important. Exactly. So, um, I was wanting to ask you, it's a strange question, perhaps. I'm ready. So, do you believe in UFOs? <laughs> question of the day. Can't say that I saw that coming. <laughs> it's just because I've just been reading about it, and I've never, oh, yeah, I, I never, I never did believe it. But then I, I have a, I have a big crush on uh, Native American Indians, and I heard that they believe in UFOs. So I just, I've started asking people, what do you think? I'm actually part Native, I have Native American blood in me. Have you? But I do not. Well, it's not that I don't believe in UFOs. I believe that there's other life in in the universe. Yes. I think it would be extremely egotistical to just feel like we're the only living creatures in the entire universe (laughs) that we can't even see. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um... I don't know if they're visiting on like you know circle discs from different planets and like dropping that's, in and that's floating the thing. above us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know if that's the case, but um, but I definitely believe there's. You're open. You you're open to something. I can hear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, I think we, and the same thing with like spirits and ghosts and all that. You know, it's like, you know, I don't believe that there's little you know white hooded creatures floating around making us trip over things but but i do believe in spirits and something you know, and uh, other. energy and that we're not the only plane of existence that there is yeah of course, so. yeah yeah it's just so. we don't know what it looks like i love the analogy of ants you know like an ant on an ant hill and the little ant colony and that little dirt splotch they don't know what's happening on like the 80th floor of a sky rise uh, like a skyscraper in yeah. manhattan but that's happening. But their world is down there. Yes. It's like Plato's cave. You it's know a little I mean? bit and the like, same, yeah. It's, it I think could we're, be. we're probably in the same way. Maybe we're the ants. We don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Why are we the top level? You know what I mean? I'm sure there's something else like yeah. floating in some other dimension. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just asking uh, around. Asking yeah, for a friend. Fielding questions. <laughs> <laughs> taking a taking a pulse of people yes, of, on yes. UFOs. I think I I think I will do that. I'm sure there's some out there. I don't know if they've stopped by the U.S. or the uh, you know. Or, it's all, but it, the thing is, it's always the U.S. and that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. We don't hear about the the UFOs a lot of other places. So it yeah. must be the U.S. that they—I um, don't know. Maybe it's, it's baked into the the mythology of our country. You know what I mean with yeah. Area Fifty One and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Know, like it's a good story problems. anyway. It's it is it it's is. it's entertaining. It's imagination too. Which why should we squash that, right? Exactly. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you go to the studio, what are you listening to? Like, what's the vibe? Is it like, you know, um, is it Sid Vicious cranked up to 10? Or is it, uh, you know, Stravinsky? What it, or is it podcasts or movies? Uh, or? 
Silence. Actually, podcast is uh, definitely what I listen to when I'm in the city painting. But when yeah. I go to, actually, right now in, in the wood workshop, we have a little robin's nest. Oh, in nice. inside, yeah. So, um, so, and they're two parents, and they're both feeding the little baby bird. So, so those noises, those little baby yeah, birds. Yeah, a little bit. So every time they come into the workshop, I go up because I'm an animal friend, right? Yeah. So it's, so I'm not listening to a lot to music these days. Not loud anyway, because I just feel like I'm not the only one in the woodshop in the workshop right now because little the robin baby is there but actually we are pretty much into tom t hall do you know him no i don't think so he's a country fella Uh and he just uh he just plays he he doesn't even he he it's him and his guitar and some band he doesn't have a string around the guitar so he just holds it and please standing up standing up without oh. having a, a no guitar strap. strap yeah and he just tells the most amazing stories tom so t he's hall like singer songwriter yeah he's a country singer yeah so so uh, i think me and the, and my dad we just know all the lyrics to a lot of the songs and also Creedence clearwater revival <laughs> and also actually another one of my dad's favorites yeah but it's really hippie music in. yeah it's good um, just what we have on the CD I really like Dolly Parton and we be uh, even Abba the Swedish band Abba oh yeah I yeah <laughs> very pop um, I think that's mostly my dad who likes that um, so very much old hippie rock it's so say. funny too because when I look at at least your sculptures, they're so jazzy. They mm-hmm. have kind of like a Charles Mingus Thelonious Monk sort of playful vibe to them, you know. I haven't thought about that, but I do like jazz though, very much. I like all kind of music, good music. Yeah. I think maybe if we had um, some jazz on CD, we would also listen to that. It's right. just uh, what we have at hand yeah. at the moment. So you, yeah. you're, you're going with CDs. You haven't transitioned to the whole digital streaming stuff. Not yet. It's just, it's a, uh, yeah. It's an impressive holdout. <laughs> it is. And I actually bought a CD player for my son because yes. I had a lot of old CDs from the 90s. Uh, and, and I tried to get him into it. And yes. he thought it was pretty fun and just reading the cover and all this. But it didn't last long. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's like trying it like when we were kids. Probably like trying to make us, when we had cassettes, trying to make us listen to vinyl. Yeah. Uh, But now I like vinyl again, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll come around. He'll be into those CDs one day. Yeah. Tracks or something. Yeah. (laughs) ABBA, I'm sure. (laughs) Dancing Queen. Loving Spoonful on on 8 track or something. Like those old. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ways of listening to music. My dad had an 8-track as well. It was like a small window of 8-track's existence, but it was like right in the wheelhouse. I think our generation, it was formative years, like it happened. 
And I remember my dad had an eight-track player in his Chevy Nova, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was good times. <laughs> but actually, when I was playing music and did the recording at home, it was a cassette player I used, and yeah. only with four tracks. And we had to mix the four tracks into one track, and then we had three extra. So right. it was really... Yeah, you bounce them, yeah. Like Les yeah. Paul style. Isn't that crazy to think, like, you know, there's there's generations of people, like, after us who have no idea what a four-track is. But that's the way you would record music, you Completely. know? And now, yeah. on the computer, it's like infinity yeah. track. Can <laughs> you imagine playing music and having all those um, possibilities? No, it's too much, though, I think. You think there's so? There's something to be said for, like, limitations. I think that's because of our age, we think it's too much. Because I think the, if you're 20 nowadays, you think it's wonderful with all those oh, yeah, tracks. You, yeah, you live it up. Mm. I mean, the, the sound banks on those things is crazy. Yeah. If anyone can make a pretty good song in like five minutes. Exactly. There's like no work to it. But then again, the, the tune, the melody has to be good. And that's the trick. That's yeah, the, the hard part. How do you how do you make yourself stand out from all that? Yeah, you know? and make a good melody that actually catches people. I think that's why there's been a bit of a return to technicality when it comes yeah. to music. Have I you noticed so. that? Like yeah. there's a little more of an interest in people who are just savants at, at playing things because now anyone can kind of make a basic, pretty good sounding thing. So what separates you and and exactly. technicality is something that's really you know, you can't just manufacture that. You either have it or you don't. You know, yeah. people either work to that and they have it in them or, or they don't. But So I think that's why you find a lot more pop music these days built on some pretty talented people. Yeah, definitely. Fortunately, no one's checked me on that with like art skills. Like I'm still sliding through with like <laughs> average ability. I, oh my God, but... The thing is, we just do it to, because we do, because because we can, because we yeah. need to, right? Yeah. Definitely. It scratches that Music itch. or whatever, yeah. I think it's just not even that much of a choice, especially no, in, 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 uh, if you get to grow old and still be doing it. It's like, okay, no, there's no way out then. Better get the yeah. best of it. Yeah, I wonder if if we're like the last generation of that. There are the holdouts on that stuff. <laughs> if younger generations will move between things more. I don't Cause know. Because it's so, it's so easy to like float between, which is great in a way because, mm. you know, there used to be a time where like you had to be this one thing. You know? Yes. Like if you yes. were a painter in the 50s, you were an abstract expressionist and that was your thing or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you, were, you were this and that was... You were either that or you were in, in you know, um, insignificant. Like you weren't part of the conversation. And now it's like, it's more inclusive. There's more stuff happening at once. And it's, yeah, but the thing is, so limited. when you educate yourself, when you, when you get educated in your 20s, when you're in your 50s, you're not exactly the same person that you was. So you've... Uh, developed yourself and and that's why it's uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to to do other stuff when you get older my mom she was a pedagogue and then when she was 50 she educated in to be a yoga teacher 
and did that for 10 years. So it's, um, I think it's, it's very natural to, to develop and to move around, but uh, maybe not as fast as, I mean, right now in music, it's like, and, and everything, even art and everything, there's so much of everything. Right? Definitely. Yeah. And, and so little of just nothing. Right. So you gotta create these little holes of nothing for yourself. That's true. Which feels like a very risky or a, a um, significant accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. It actually you know, does. That's probably why like meditation is big now because it feels like being Very. able to empty out your mind yeah. is like epic. That's the that. new uh, the new black that's where the money's at. Yeah. <laughs> the the nothing time. Right. I don't know. But definitely well, the, something to to think about. Yeah. I think it's the question mark that we're talking about, which mm. is nice. Yeah. Not knowing exactly how it plays out. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, so for people who may not have seen your work in person or know your work that well, like what's the best way? I mean, obviously you're on social media and you have, you know, like that side of things. Is it just, I mean, are there gal- like websites or other places where people should check out your stuff? And do you have anything coming up that you want to share with people? Well, I have a website and on my website I have the different uh, sculptures and also some of my different other projects. Yeah. So that's uh, Tilde Grunerup and just dot DK Denmark. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm working on some sculptures for a, a great gallery in Paris. Uh, and hopefully I'll do some more textile work during the summer. But yeah. I'm going to, for now, it's just on Instagram, I think. More okay. or less, yeah. And uh, yeah, just trying to do a little of everything and do a little of nothing <laughs> during the summer. That sounds like a great balance. Yeah. So um, so that's, I think that's about it. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you. Who knew that, you know, a guy from Pittsburgh over in the U.S. had so much in common exactly. with you from Denmark. I mean, Isn't that, yeah. music and art, it's, it's really cool. It is I really like too. that. There's not, so, there's not a lot of a distance between us. I like yes, that. Yeah. that is true. So well, I hope uh, you have a, a great day likewise. today. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was nice to meet you and thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, and I just want to say in my radio voice that I'm fluent in Danish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you sign off in Danish for us? By the way, in a seemingly an impossible language to learn. Yeah. But how, how, how would you sign off in Danish? Well, I would say, det har været rigtig rart at tale med dig. Tak for denne gang, og vi ses forhåbentlig i virkeligheden en dag. Hej, Sounds great. Tak for, I understood thanks for something. Yeah. That was and I also said, hopefully we'll see each other in real life one day. There you, I agree. Mm. So if you're ever in Copenhagen, will you, we'll have coffee. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Sound and Vision. And thank you for supporting the podcast. If you can, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Or a rating and review on any other platform that you're listening to. 
Uh, you can find out more about the podcast by going to the website soundandvisionpodcast.com and you can find images at soundandvisionpodcast on Instagram. You can find out more about my work at brianalfred.net and you can see more of my images on Instagram at Alfred Studio. Many thanks to the sponsors. Many thanks to Lullotone for the music. Michael Lovett for the introduction. And many thanks to you for listening. Some more great episodes coming up, so stay tuned. <laughs>